hearts with our hands and love him. I thank you, Jesus, and I praise your holy name. Thank you for the truth of heaven, Jesus. Thank you for the wonderful glory of your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus Christ. I praise you. I worship the O Lord. Thank you, dear God. Everybody said praise the Lord. Well, I'm glad to be right here in God's house, the good presence of the Lord. Have a Bible tonight. We'll turn to the gospel according to Matthew. Gospel according to Matthew. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. 
Matthew chapter 5. Jesus doing teaching here, and uh, I want you to listen to what he has to say. Matthew 5, 27, reads on this wise, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Verse 29, And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. I'd like to simply minister tonight for a little while on cut it off. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. John's account of the gospel, chapter 15. He deals with uh, a subject here that is in some ways related. 15th chapter of John. He said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman or the farmer. Now, the reference here that you want to get clear in your mind is Jesus in the days of his flesh on earth, visible, seen by people, touched by people, that he is teaching here, and he said, I am the true vine, and my Father, a reference to the Spirit. John 4 and 24 tells you God is a Spirit. He is invisible. He, you cannot see Him, neither hath any man ever seen Him. Okay? So you want to get the revelation here of flesh and Spirit. Always keep that in mind, because there's a tendency to think natural. And you could think, oh, well, there's two of them, or there's two spirits, or two persons, or two offices, or two this, or two that, or two the other. Until finally you'll get up to three, and you might go beyond that after a while. But what you have to get in your mind is what the Bible teaches, and his spiritual insight to it, the revelation. It's the mighty God who is a spirit in Christ, or in flesh. Hence, your Bible said that God, who is a spirit, invisible, was manifest or shown visibly, clearly, and demonstrated in the flesh. All right? Everybody said amen. That's why it is written, he said, I and my Father are one. Okay? He didn't say two. He didn't say three. He didn't say ten. He said one. There are those that would like to uh, use the word unity and say, well, he was talking about they're one in unity. You know, well, I don't doubt that they're one in unity. Of course they're one in unity. But that doesn't take away from the fact that there is one God and he chose to show himself visibly. And that in that visible manifestation, in that flesh, dwell the fullness of the very God bodily. Colossians 2 and 9. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word that was God was made flesh and dwelt among us. You stay with the Bible. 
Okay, stay with chapter and verse. Stay with subject matter and ask God to open your understanding. Don't rail against God and fight against God and shake your fist in His face or do it with your mind. Become stubborn and try to uh, disprove the things that God has stated in His Word. You will only fail and you will only wind up in bad shape. So I will say to you again, uh, my little title tonight is Cut It Off. And maybe we should say simply, cut it off. Okay? Here we are. I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. In other words, he has to work on that branch that it might bring forth more fruit. That means he has to get out the pruner or some cutting device. And he has to work on that branch and that tree and that vine and get it to where there won't be a loss of good nutriment, good vitamin that is brought up from the ground and even taken out of the air and brought together to feed and give supplement to that vine, okay? And when certain things are not going to be productive, Jesus looked at a tree one day and in the presence of his disciples, he cursed that tree. And the teaching is because that tree showed no potential. There was no promise of fruit. And consequently, the Lord cursed it, and it withered away, and it died. Had they gone on their journey, and then they came back, and they looked, and they said, Whoa, Lord, look, that tree that you cursed, it's gone. Well, there you go. That's right. And that's what happens. You wonder sometimes what happens to some people. Well, the problem is that there was something inside of them that was not giving potential or showing that it's going to be productive for God. And God read that and God saw that. And another place it did talk about that tree that was in the, in the field and how that um, the pastor spoke up for the tree when God said to cut it down. Why cumbereth the ground with it? And so the pastor began to pray and to intercede. And ask God to let me work on it. Let me dung around it. Let me fertilize it. Let me water it. Let me work with it here. And uh, But the last words from the Lord were, cut it down. Okay? And the Lord gave the example and cursed that tree that was showing that it was not going to be productive. You must remember that you can, can get confused here, the difference between compassion and sympathy. And sympathy is a humanistic spirit. It is a characteristic that the devil uses. And for every devil that goes forth to cause havoc, he sends forth a couple of sympathetic spirits to work on human beings to get them, oh, poor, oh, you know, and all of that. But God knows. And the disciples could have stood around and said, oh, but that tree, that, that was a nice-looking tree. But the Lord cursed it. And it withered away and died. The Lord sees the future. The Lord sees the big picture. It's like one individual that left the church and the pastor told me, he said he was, he was uh, crying before the Lord about it. And the Lord said, yeah, and if he'd have stayed around, he'd have done worse. He'd already done bad enough. He'd already done damage enough. He'd already done enough hurt. But the, and here's the pastor saying, let me dung around. Let me work with him. Don't let, no, no, no. And the Lord said, yeah, if he stays around, he'll do worse. He'll bring more damage. 
So, you know, God sees the big picture, okay? And sometimes our human spirit can rise up and get in the way. And we can want something to not only our own hurt, but to the hurt of the overall body of Christ. Have you never read in 1 Corinthians where the Apostle Paul had to give counsel and give word as the Apostle back to that congregation through that pastor that that individual was to be turned out? And he said, if somebody, and I'll put it in words you can understand, he said, if somebody wants a devil, then let them have the devil, that the body might be saved, that the body might be delivered and, and not suffer further damage. You better understand it's like a cancer, and God is saying it's time to cut that out. Well, how about these uh, cases that there's been, not only in America, not only right up in Orlando, but even we read of one case in South America, and individuals who uh, got this MRSA, I believe they labeled it, or some form of it, and how that it is a flesh-eating disease and bacteria, I suppose, and uh, that they had to amputate their arms and their legs to save them because this thing would have continued to destroy the rest of their body, and they would have died. And so a choice had to be made. One woman was giving birth to a child. Having given birth to the child, they then had to amputate her arms and her legs of that mother. And uh, that's a terrible thing to think about. But that's what had to be done to save the mother. Can I tell you that there are times when you must cut it off. You must simply make a difficult decision and you must, for the overall, the best overall interests of everybody concerned, you must cut it off. First for yourself, you've got to say, if my eye offend me, let me pluck it out. That's spiritually speaking and telling you to cut off a bad desire, cut off a bad habit, get away from something that is bad and detrimental to your well-being spiritually form of repentance got to cut it off got to stop going that place if your right hand offend thee he said cut it off he wasn't talking about you taking an axe or a skill saw or a scalpel and cutting it off physically we're not thinking naturally here you've got to think spiritually and there are evil desires there are things that the enemy uses there are things that he will come to tempt you with there are things that he will come to bring into your life to cause you to fall into sin if you entertain it and you've got to cut it off you don't want to entertain it you've got to simply cut it off amen Amen. If you want the tree to bear fruit and to do as it's ordained to do, to bear much fruit, you don't plant an orange tree and not expect to get some oranges. Uh, You're not going to plant some type of a fruit tree, whether it be fig or olive tree or whatever, and and not expect to, to garner a harvest. That's why you're more than likely planting it. It's not just to look pretty. You know, that's nice too. But, you know, if you get hungry enough or your, or your finances get low enough and you need something here, then you need that to be, be productive for a higher reason, a more important reason, that it will sustain you through a tough time, whether financially or having to do with food on the table to eat. I had a man came here and we bought trees from him. And he told me, he said, if you'll let me bring these trees and plant these trees for the church, he said, I'll give them to you for $50 a tree in the ground. That includes me plucking them up and transporting them over here 
and replanting them. $50 a tree. I couldn't pay him fast enough. Those trees normally go from $800 to $1,300 a piece, and that's not with the plucking up and the replanting. That's all on top of that. Let me tell you, yes, it was a blessing from God, but here's what the man said. He said, I need food on the table money. That's what he said. And that's what I'm telling you. You've got to get some practicality about you here. You've got to tell yourself it's cut it off or go to hell, one or the other. I've got to be practical here. I've got to wake up here. I've got to awake to righteousness. I've got to cut this off. Have nothing to do with this. Amen. Amen. There are things in life that you've got to square your shoulders and stiffen your back and, and get tough in prayer. And that you've got to not mollycoddle yourself or sympathize with things. But you've got to be firm. How would you like to have to be the doctor that would have to bring a mother in who's just given birth to a child and realize that you're about to cut off her limbs, her two arms and her two feet, her two legs, and that she would never be able to walk with that child and she would never be able to really hold that child properly. She would never be able to stroke that child's hair or anything like that because she would no longer have those extremities because you know that if I don't do this, that this person is going to die, okay? You've, somebody's got to make a, a, an adult-like decision here. Somebody's got to make a spiritual decision here. You've got to look at your children, and you've got to say, I've got to take some steps here. I've got to break and cut some things off here. I've got to look at the big picture. There is a heaven to gain, and there is a hell to shun. Somebody's got to sharpen up the old scalpel. Somebody's got to sharpen up the sword of the Lord in their own life and say, it's time for me to cut some things off. Amen. Amen. And amen. You know, it's like... Uh, young boys that uh, told their parents, they said, um, we want to fast, so don't cook any dinner. We want to fast. Okay, we're going to start at 7 o'clock tonight, 7.15. I'm hungry. Oh, thirsty. 15 minutes, huh? Okay. Well, you know what? We got to toughen up. We got to toughen up. When, you, when your mind is telling you that, you know, your mind tells you while your stomach is gurgling that you're, that you're hungry, well, you got to toughen up. And you've got to say, I'm going to cut this off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut this off. There is a time for you to toughen up in prayer. Time for you to tell yourself when it cries out, I'm hungry or whatever, or I really want that, or I like that, or I miss that. You got to toughen up. You've got to square your shoulders. You've got to look at the big picture. And you've got to say, I want the blessing of the Lord in my life. I don't want to be cursed. I don't want the Lord to curse me. I don't want that to go down into my family. I want to right here and right now, before you, oh, Lord, I want to cut some things off, some things that are in opposition, some things that are coming against the work of God in my life. I'm going to cut it off. I'm simply going to stop it. I'm going to turn off the faucet. Let me tell you, you can turn off the faucet or you can watch God turn off the faucet. It's up to you. God gives us the opportunity to do things correctly. To put forth the effort. 
that we might bring forth fruit. And we are ordained to bring forth fruit unto eternal life. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. So Jesus, in telling that he's the true vine, he said, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, that he's looking, and the fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Galatians chapter 5. You read about the fruit of the Spirit versus the works of the flesh. Big difference between the two. All right. So every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. He's going to remove that. He's going he's to cut that off. And he said, and every branch that beareth fruit, he said, well, we're going to purge it. We're going we're gonna to work on it. We're going to cut off those little branches that aren't just stealing the vitamins and the nutriments. They're just coming in there and enjoying and taking it all in and eating it all up, but they're not producing anything. He said, we're going we're gonna to have to purge that. We're going to have to deal with that so that the rest of the tree and that which is bearing fruit will get stronger. We None of us like hurricanes. We don't like vicious storms that come through the land. But actually, they do have a positive side to them, believe it or not. They do shake up things to the point that everything that can be shaken gets shook and it gets removed. All those dead branches, all those different things get moved out of the way and cleared out and cleaned out. And it, what it leaves behind is trees and, and, and foliage that gets stronger. It reaches down into the soil deeper, and it gets more, it gets rooted better. And consequently, it's able to take up more nutriment and more vitamin, or as it said, the trees of the Lord are full of sap. Then it brings that up, and it goes out into all the branches, into all the leaves and the stems and everything, and it's making things more productive, green and lush. And don't you understand, Jesus said, I see fruit. Now you better get ready because I'm going to have to purge here a little bit. going to have to work on this a little bit. But it's going to, oh, it's going to hurt. Yeah, it might hurt a little bit. But you toughen up and you take it because it's going to make you more productive for the kingdom of God. It's going to produce more love of God in your life. It's going to produce more joy in your life. It's going to produce more goodness in your life. It's going to produce more temperance or self-discipline in your life. Amen. Everybody said hallelujah. So he goes on to say that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, he said, you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Notice he followed purging with your clean. When the when come through with that cutting off and those little branches that are just pulling everything away and taking away from, instead of adding to, they're taking from. And, and he, he begins to lop them off. And now the, the tree looks healthier. And the tree is going to be healthier. And he said, you're clean. There's a, there's a cleanliness that comes upon you. You come into a good Holy Ghost service. And you, you're not here to put on a show. You're not here to magnify yourself. You're here to praise God. If you've come here to try and impress me with your little cha-di-ya-cha-cha-cha, I got news for you. You're impressing me all right, but not in a positive way. I'm looking for people that love God. I'm looking for people that mean business with God. You know, you got to take care of business. This is my father's business. And we got to take care of it. 
We got, this isn't a joke. This isn't a game. Services are not to be wasted. This is for real, and this is heaven and hell is hanging in the balance here. There is an eternity, and we are fighting for our eternal hope. We have a place. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. He has given you a lot. He has given you a place in the body of Christ. He has given you a function, and you've got to fight for that. If you let the devil, he'll steal it from you. He'll absolutely. I had a woman, the Bible said that she got to looking around and realized something was missing, and she got out the lamp, and she got out the broom, and she went to work, and she said, I'm going to clean up things around here. Now you are clean through the Word. You let the Word do. You don't get offended. Blessed are they that keep his word blessed are they how happy are they that person that does not get offended great peace have they which love thy word thy law nothing shall offend them amen amen you let that word deal with you so he said even as you are clean through the word which i have spoken unto you he said, abide in me. That means stick around. Stick around. Some people want to, you know, just be hit and miss. They want to play hokey pokey with God. You know, one foot in and one foot out. I'm here and I'm not here. That does not work. Not at all. It's like the guy that he, uh, his, he had money on his mind. Everything was money. And so he gave his tithing for the first time. And he came back to the preacher the next service. And he said, I gave my tithes last week. He said, how come I, I haven't been blessed uh, a hundredfold? Preacher said, you gave it one time. Yeah. Uh, he said, so go out in the field and, and plant a seed and come back the next day and see if you have a crop. It's going to take a little bit more than one time. It's going to take a little bit more faithfulness there. You know, you, you got to learn to honor the Lord with the first fruits of thy substance. And God's not playing around with that. Okay, he means, I'm telling you, God means what he said. And what he said is with authority, and it's important. And, and you want to understand this, this heaven and this earth that you look at and, and are abiding on, it stays where it's at by the authority of God's word. If God decides to turn it loose, friend, it's going out of here. So you better be glad for now that it's all in place. And that's what you want your world to stay in place and stay together. And you better make sure the Word of God is reigning in your life. And so he said, abide in me. Abide in me. You live in me. You dwell in me. Okay? And I in you. Isn't that nice? All right. He said, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. If we get disconnected from the Lord, if we allow anything to separate us from the Lord, and remember, your Bible tells you about sins that will separate us from God. And we do not want to allow those things to happen. This morning we talked about the pattern and how that God is the one that we get our pattern from. So ask yourself, if you're doing something, if you get involved with something, if you start practicing something, ask yourself, did this pattern come from the Lord? Is this what God has given? Because if it isn't, then you don't want anything to do with it. You've got to back up from it, and you've got to ask yourself here, what's more important, 
I want to abide in the Lord, and I want to be clean and cleansed by the Lord. All right? Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. He said again, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him. He said, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Not a thing. Not a thing that is productive in his eyes. Not a thing that is going to have eternal significance to it. And you can climb the highest mountain, and you can uh, swim the broadest and longest river, or ocean, or sound, or whatever, channel. And uh, I think I read in the paper about a guy that's uh, trying for the, I don't know, third time or seventh time or something. I wasn't very, very interested. But uh, to uh, go around the world in his boat, well, whoopee-doo, okay? That's, that's a great human feat, but it has nothing eternally significant attached to it at all. So you can do a lot of things in life, and you can invest your God-given life in a lot of things, but are they going to be in God? Is this pattern coming from the Lord? Or maybe you got it from a soap opera. Ooh, did I say that? I did, and I meant it. Maybe you got that pattern, that idea from somewhere not so good. Might want to cut that off, okay? We don't need any of ideas from Hollywood. We don't need ideas from perverted minds. We don't need that being introduced to our children. And believe me, the earlier they can get it to the children is what they want, they want to get it right down at the beginning of it all. And they want to raise up a whole different looking world. They want what they want. And what they want, they got that pattern from that old serpent, the devil. Now, you've got to choose you this day whom you're going to serve. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve the only other option. No matter how it's shown, whatever form, no matter how it's packaged, no matter how it is delivered, it is nothing but the devil. You hear me? It's either God or the devil. You better tell yourself, I want God. And if that means to cut some things off, then that's what I will do. Amen. Amen. He said, if any man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. That means it dries up and it produces absolutely no fruit whatsoever. And men gather them. They gather up that which is, that branches which are withered and, and have no fruit. They're gathered them up and they cast them into the fire. Does that ring a bell? And they are burned. Does that ring a bell? He said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. You say, well, I'm trying to cut it off. Okay, that's, that's a good start. And, and you're telling me you need divine help? You're in the right place. Okay, you're in the right place. And you need to verbalize your struggle. You need to tell God, I struggle with this or that or the other. This plagues me. This bothers me. I'm no match for the devil and all of the junk he sends around, Lord. I need your help. Well, first order of business, you do what you can do. You turn it off. 
you be done with it. You don't read it. You don't look at it. Whatever it might be that you know that you can do to get out of that environment, then you do what you can do. And what you cannot do, that's where God takes over. And that's where God goes to work. And that's where the power of the Holy Ghost and the divine authority will deal with the devil that plagues you and troubles you. Amen. His strength can take up where your weakness is. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. He said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Everybody said hallelujah. He said, herein, this is the flesh talking about the spirit. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much so shall ye be my disciples. Thank God for that. He said, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. He said, continue ye in my love. Don't quit living for God. Don't quit walking. Don't give up. Don't throw up your hands. Don't move away. Don't whatever. Don't do that, okay? Some people, uh, when they can't get what they want, they just change locations and they go find somebody that will let them do whatever they want to do. I told somebody the other day, I said, the only rule there is that there are no rules. That's the only rule. There are no rules. Well, you know what? I'm in a place, and right now you're in a place where there are rules. There are teachings. There, are, there is a pattern. There is a way things are to be done. And, and the things that are to be done, we want to do those things, and we want to do it in that manner. And if the Bible isn't teaching us that, and after study and prayer, we can't find that pattern and that example and get that signal to deal with it, to go ahead with it, then we're better off to obey what the book said. Abstain from the very appearance of evil. You need to sharpen up your spiritual eyesight, get your mind sharpened up in the Holy Ghost, and wake up and say, okay, I can see that this will not lead to something good. And let me tell you, if the devil gets so much as his little pinky in the door, he's going to push it wider and wider and wider and wider. If he can make a crack in that wall, he's going to make that get bigger and greater until he bursts through and everything comes flooding in to your heart, your life. Cut it off. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. He said, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. This is example that's given to you. That's what the flesh, he is our chief example. We want to follow his steps, what he did. Came to a crossroads, came to, oh, this is going to hurt. They're going to whoop the socks off of me. They're going to put a crown of thorns on my head. They're going to beat me until my insides are on the outside. Then they're going to crucify me. This is going to hurt. You think maybe, um, you know, let this cup pass. Don't let me have to drink that. But mm, this is going to hurt. Well, got to toughen up. Not my will. Flesh saying, not my will, not the will of the flesh. But he said, thy will be done, the will of the Spirit. And everybody said amen. Okay. So remember, he said, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. 
All right, even as I have kept my Father or the Spirit's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. And he said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. He said, Ye are my friends. If ye do whatsoever, I command you. Don't just claim to be the friend of the Lord, okay? Some people do that so lightly, just like saying, oh, yeah, I know the Lord. Well, maybe the Lord doesn't know you. Or rather, maybe he knows you so well that he chooses not to know you, all right? So you want to get yourself first and foremost to that place of initial repentance, and then we'll baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And then the Lord will give you the Holy Ghost, and then you will be one of His. And then you will be commanded in the Word of God to grow in grace and knowledge. So when the Word of God is watching you grow and it begins to purge you, then don't, you know, scream and holler and cry like a little whiny baby somewhere. What? Thou shalt not whine, right? I, I, I have that plaque at my house. Thou shalt not whine. So we don't have any whining going on in the house. No kind of whine in, in our house. Everybody said amen. And everybody said praise the Lord. Oh, I, I know of a, of a man that was a tremendously used preacher. And his first wrong step away apparently was he started drinking wine. Oh, it's all right. It's a little social drink. It's a little dinner. A little with the dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't long. He lost all control. One glass of wine lost all control. Because the devil wouldn't let it stay at one glass or one sip. He'll make sure he wants to get his foot in the door. Hear me now. You tell yourself that you want to have the word of God in you. And you want to live by that word and let it work in your heart and your life. Let's take a moment. It's a long chapter, so I'll quit there. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. And let us love our God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Savior. Great and mighty God. Holy, holy, holy King. We've come to worship you, Lord. Let's begin to gather around the front. Good time of family prayer. Begin to prepare ourselves for this month. A month of dedication and evangelism. Reaping of the harvest. and show them the right way.
you've got to recognize what's the most important. God's will, God's word. Call to deep, 